Not when she's uh, off the clock, apparently. <laughs> well, she's had enough, you see. Uh, when she has her psychic experiences, she, like, undergoes the emotions that that involves. Seeing creepy, disgusting things, seeing murders. So she's like a, a extra medium. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of those help the cops with the psychic ladies. But then it, will there be a cop that go, I don't like you talking to her? No, there won't. I know why you said that. That is, I know that movie. Which movie is that? Where, oh, wait, there's like a cop calls a psychic and there's it's like yeah. every movie. The chief goes, I don't believe in this. If the mayor's office didn't order me to do this. Right, right, right. The mayor's <laughs> office. <laughs> but if I hear one word about the mayor's office. Where did you, how? 16 police cruisers. We only have 13 police cruisers. Where did you find that you're talking about my bit where laundry basket of justice, where yeah. laundry basket gets called in by. Where the did you get the three other police cruisers? Uh huh, uh huh, really, twice in the chest. <laughs> oh, I didn't know Mary Lou Henner dated Tony Danza on the set of Taxi. <laughs> of course, I'm familiar with Gary Busey's chili. All right, <laughs> Detective Laundry Basket. Along those if lines. you do another laundry-related pun, I'm going to bring you out and hang you up to dry. Laundry basket! Now get out of here before I get depressed and steamed. <laughs> laundry basket! Yeah, he hated those. The chief really hated those laundry uh, basket, laundry-related puns. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never thought of that was my, my partner, Laundry Basket, who... Uh, <coughs> the whole time but you know uh i don't i c couldn't think of another routine i can never top that one i did another bit where they're on a stakeout uh -huh. laundry is detective laundry baskets partner you know what yeah, your problem is detective and a writer for you i would have loved to help we, with that. we would you know anytime you need detective laundry basket to do a uh a cameo or a cross uh -huh. uh, for waterman that sounds perfect yeah i would love i would love a cameo appearance so you're in a different we'd have to be visiting the city or something and we right could, yeah of course interagency cooperation and that way we could have the uh, laundry basket zone start and yell at them yeah you know, yeah you could be maybe the state troopers i should just tell you the reason i'm not talking is this is just going on and on and on all they're doing is she's saying i don't want this anymore jersey that's his name jersey and then he's saying um then he he's saying you know people need you you're helping people uh he he's kind of trying to spin it so don't be selfish even though he never goes that far can you dig it yeah but it goes on and on and on it's really a b movie here well they're, you mean they're padding out the time or they're just letting the actors out uh, good question. I think it's just bad writing. Bad writing. The, the, yeah, because choice. it is repeating. I think they're going script line by line here. I don't think they were trying to, like, say, like, 
okay, our ending rent short. Let's stretch it in the, it just right. doesn't seem. Well, now, her name is Allie Oates, and she was in True Beverly Hills. She was in Ski Patrol, and she was in Fugitive Lovers in 1975. And that's it. Huh. Well, Fugitive Lovers sounds like a great movie. <laughs> yeah. And Are they, like, fans of the TV show? It sounds like a candidate for um, uh, being on YouTube. Oh, right. Hi, welcome. It's our new podcast, Carl and Mike with Fugitive Lovers. <laughs> you know, the 1960s original. We were watching the, the Tim Daly. You know, there was a version from 10 years ago. Or no, 20 uh -huh. years ago, they remade The Fugitive with Tim Daly. So they've, they're constantly, you know, that idea is out there for The Fugitive Lover. Tim Daly? Did I know I his so. face? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess. I said it though. <laughs> oh, damn! Sigh. Tim you know, every time I, I get, I deep. You know, every time I'm in that state, I put my rest of my head against the window. And you say sig. Say sig. Yeah, when we were uh, kids, we would read Charlie Brown, and we read that as sig. Oh, S I G H. The right. H is silent. Right. We were in third grade or whatever. Yeah, you're <laughs> we'd be like sig. Ah, sig. Okay, so they have gone away and said, fine, you want to be left alone? Goodbye. And now she's sitting there like, oh, woe is me. I've, you know, she quit her job at the library. She was like the school librarian or some bullshit. And How many people? Is it a small town, right? Or like yeah. Yeah. This was shot. Well, it doesn't really talk about where the town is, but this was shot in North Carolina, essentially. It was, um, where is it? Well, it's not jumping out in, in front of me right now, but our star uh, lived in Greensboro, North Carolina. So maybe that's why they chose this place to shoot. Here it is, right. Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina, which are kind of off the beaten path. Not known for its film industry. Yeah. Now, this what else was, was shot there? Like, uh, Mason Dixie Car Wash? <laughs> yeah. County Car Wash? It was, come on down to Bob's Discount, kill me a Yankee car, <laughs> used autos. Where I, if you don't get a deal, I'll kill me a Yankee. Featuring 2,000 maniacs. Yep, two, over hundreds of maniacs. Now she's having a vision. Okay. Yeah, you think the vision, all right, in her house? Yeah, like Where what she, she sleeps. Well, she's sort of sitting there in that chair sleeping right now, but we don't really know because we're with her the whole time. Now, now she's having a vision, and when the vision ends, she'll be back there in that seat. So, do these steps count for the day, or if you walk in a vision, do you <laughs> count those steps? It depends. I mean, if it's on your Fitbit, if it's on your iPhone, then you, you know, I'm going to get those five Ks daily. You physically did it. If it's on your iPhone. Oh, it's oh. the troll from troll. There's the, the sound of uh, a crying baby outside. It looks like a hand is holding it. No, it's just. Right. Door. It does look like a hand. Oh. Some doors require a lot of hand holding. Oh, like who? Roy Orbison? No, I fuck. I fucked that joke up for you. God damn it. Jim Morrison? 
Oh, how pretty. Ah, ah that's so scary. Ah, I'm yay. coming towards you. Get I'm away, puppeteer. Towards you. Scary marionette, go I away. I want to be an actress. Look at those I bones. I a bone. lot of weight for this part. Okay, look. Hugging. Not oh. attacking. Hugging. You know, if your movie's called The Boneyard, you should get some more realistic skeleton bones. <laughs> it looks like a marionette. Oh, sorry. I haven't seen the hugging yet. What do you know what a skeleton looks like? Oh, I've seen plenty of skeleton bones. I don't well, need look at to... this. He's hugging like mommy or something, but we'll never have this followed up in the film. It's it, like you would think with this, that would mean at the end of the film, when she's going to eat everybody, she'd say, give me a hug or something, right? Wait, when she what, everybody? She eats everybody? Yeah, like when the, you know, they're attacking and oh, stuff. Like to end the, the crisis and save our movie, he shows a little love, right? Right, but, yeah. Oh, he didn't do that. Now look at her. She woke up. She's all freaked out, so she's going to be rash and impulsive and burn all her collection. You, I, dude, I would not light a fire in that house. <laughs> You're going to... If I was her roommate, I'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ, you got to stay off that shit. Yeah. Now, in December 1989, a botched special effect did did cause a fire on the set. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I, I'm sorry I'm kidding. I hope everyone was okay. No, they weren't okay. And shame on you, Michael. Terrible. Wait, terrible. I, I was just saying. I didn't. But it is very funny. I, I see your sense of humor, Mark. Very, Mike, very dark. Oh, did you call me Mike Mariner? Yes. Now they did uh, $850,000 they spent on this thing. It went straight to DV to VHS. So I really don't know how they did. Like this is really interesting. The VHS rental box, it was two boxes. One was promoting it as a horror film and the other one as a comedy. Um and the, there's a poodle on the box. You'll meet the poodle later. The comedy box slips right over the horror box. So that's kind of neat. Really strange. I never heard of that before. Yeah. You know, uh, I I have a, my only film book right now is my psychotronic video guide. And he likes this movie a lot. Uh -huh. He said it was a good movie. Which normally he doesn't have to. <laughs> you know, when, oh. you, when you review hundreds of movies like this, you don't have to say it's good. You just tell it what it is and just right. watch it. And he went out of his way. Out of his it way. It was good. Emphasized that it was good. Yeah. That's good. Now, she had her vision. Okay. Um, Ashley. And therefore, she's come down to the station and say, okay, I just had a vision. I'll help you. And now they're seeing an interview of the mortician. This mortician, right? He captured children. Kept them locked up, fed them food from the corpses that he was trafficking through there, you know? He would uh -huh. take it off their back so he could still embalm the body and make it look pretty. And then he would feed, yeah. And so he made them into demons, okay? And, uh -huh. uh, yeah. So that's the backstory. But meanwhile, and, the guy behind her is, like, bored out of his mind. He's been looking at his watch during this yeah, there is not yet uh, a reason for him to be compelled. 
Uh, he's on. He's it's it's a job. He's nine to five, and he's on the case. Whatever you, you say, boss. Peyton Place guy is the boss. Oh wow, Jersey. His name's Jersey. Do you like that idea that he's called Jersey? Uh, I don't know what it means. He's a North Carolina person. Like, do they not mean New Jersey? It's just like, you know, like a jacket, a name. He's old, so maybe it's old Jersey. (laughs) New Jersey is 1684. All right, so he was 1621. This guy did sculpting for Enemy Mind, The Thing, in 1982, Cocoon, Jaws 3D, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. He's our only connection. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, 1988. Yeah. He, he's been in every movie I watched her now. Heartbeat. Never saw Heartbeat. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I avoided it because it just looks so stupid. It's about it's Andy- computers and robots and stuff. Yeah, but it's Andy Kaufman. Impossible to watch, to find. It's impossible to find. That's well, gonna, you're going to type it in YouTube? God bless you if it pops up. <laughs> Should I check out Heartbeats? I haven't seen Yeah, you know, my brother remembers seeing it as a kid, and he still quotes it. But, yeah, it's a ridiculous movie. And, uh, uh, I would like see Eddie it just because. Well, I mean, Andy Kaufman made a movie where he's a robot. Okay. The, the Madeline Connor, Bernard Peters, I forgot who the other robot was. So, I don't know. That crap. So now they're like, she like wants to go down to the morgue where the corpses are, and she wants to get an object, and that will help her have vision. And no. you see, she's got an earring there. See the earring? Yes. Yeah, that's the signal. I'm a chick. You can, I, I wore earrings. <laughs> I'm a girl. She looks like a chick. You don't think so? I think she looks like a chick. Yeah. I think she should grow her hair out a little. <laughs> so, what about the children? Wearing a hat. I'm sorry. What? I want to know the status of the children. Are they okay? Which children? The one the mortician was talking about. No, they're dead. They're Listen, dead. I had in a... the morgue. They're dead and in the morgue. Well, I knew that he was feeding the corpses to the children. Yes. That killed them. Uh, no, he eventually killed them. Oh. All right. And this is revealed in the first 10 minutes of this movie? Does this movie get even more grotesque? Uh, this movie will be hideous and horrible, and I hate it. Uh, we're 22 minutes in, and uh, <laughs> let me see your point. <laughs> like, this is like a full-on horror movie? It's not full-on, because there's comedy in it. It's not a very funny movie. It's not a good movie. Now, your movie review guy knows better than me. I'm not joking because that's his job. I'm going to find it. I'm going to pull it right now from the the bookcase, okay, if I may? Sure. I'm going to go over to the uh, studio bookcase. Okay, get a good look at this building because you won't see the outside again until the very last second of the movie. Uh. Okay, psychotronic video guy. Look, see? Look. It's a house. Well, it's it's the morgue, but you're not going to see the outside of it again until the very last frame. 
Oh, so we're going to be stuck in the morgue for the rest yeah. of this movie? We are walking into our movie 25 minutes in. Well, you know, I always feel like 25 minutes into the movie, it's the poster, as you say. Right, act two. Yeah. But you, well, that's you, fair. That's fair. That's really very movie-esque of this, then. Yeah. You know, you're allowed that time to let the characters be. Now, you can see it's happy Thanksgiving time. It's November. And they really did shoot. Let's see here. I think it's just because, yeah, that's – they started shooting. They shot for five weeks. They started November 13th through December 20th. So wherever they're shooting here, whatever location they were able to get, because it's no studio. It's like an old lady home or something, a nursing home or something. Right. It had Happy Thanksgiving up when they were working there during the day. Oh, there's Phyllis Stiller. Yeah, no wig. The director insisted she not wear a wig. Why not? Because she's she's not Phyllis Stiller. She's the creepy mortician. Although I'm sure she talks exactly like Phyllis Stiller. Can you believe this thing? Give her a list. Ah, all right, here we go. Ah ha ha ha. You know, my husband Fang. Oh, yeah, that was her husband's name in her act. She used to say, my, my husband Fang is permanent. My husband's in real life. They were temporary. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, that sounds like Phyllis Diller, San Francisco's legendary comedian. Yeah, San Francisco's. That's where she got her break. She... She used to live, I don't know, the Midwest or something, and she would make all of her neighbors laugh. She'd make the other mothers laugh. She'd do stuff at the PTA. Like, she had a natural affinity for making people laugh, and she loved the attention. But, you know, that's all it ever was, you know. Then, yeah, she had a great act, though. Then she moved to San Francisco because of her husband's job, and she got a, she was a secretary at a television show. And she got it together to put on a nightclub act. And the, the people who did the show went and saw it. They loved it. And they gave her a spot on there, you know. And that's how she began on TV, you know, by – the next thing she knows, she was all over TV. And she got this uh, – she got connected with Bob Hope uh, somehow, doing the USO shows, going to NOM with them. Yeah. All right, I found the – here we go. This is from uh, Michael J. Weldon. He wrote uh, – he had a great magazine called Psychotronic Video, uh, where it was interviews and movie reviews. And I have his old video guide. The Boneyard. Here's a film with a difference. It's suspenseful, serious, and surprising, but has some unexpected laughs too. Scary, slimy, mummy-like little cannibal zombies in an old city morgue are Asian-like uh, Kiyoshi kids with tails. Our Deborah Rose plays a reluctant psychic heroine who happens to weigh about 300 pounds. Former uh, Corman regular Ed Nelson, the brain eater, is a patient cop called Jersey. Phyllis Stiller, without a wig, is a mean, nasty old woman who runs the morgue. And Norman Fell, and in parentheses he has a nickname, with a ponytail and earrings, is a mortician. You won't believe the Big Daddy like uh, Big Daddy Roth like Monster Diller Becomes, or the giant poodle monster, two <laughs> Cummings also did FX, filmed in Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. 
Wait, he not... said it's good. He said it's good. Yeah, he said it's serious and funny, and the and the film is different. You know. Gotcha. But I mean, I'm sure like zombie poodles are like walking the park with you. <laughs> well, I'm mad at this film for a bunch of reasons. One of them is the way that you see Norman Fell. He does have this big like mustache. That's him there. He's oh, I see. Behind. If I was this director, I'd be like, "Hey, Mr. Roper, roll him, right? Can you get a sweater vest, please? I would want Mr. Roper." You'd be playing music, boo, 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 do, 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 do. Hello. I know the themes to the Ropers. Oh, that was their 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 spinoff show. Yeah. So Mr. Oh. and Mrs. Roper left Reese Company do their own show where they go into a condo or something with a couple that included uh, Jeffrey Tambor. And Don Knox showed up on the... That's right. Don Knox became the new landlord for... Which Trimble. worked. It really worked. No one ever fell out of love with Mr. Roper, though. No, I mean, Mr. Roper, I mean, for what the show was, he was always still like... You see the know. three bodies, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're fucking undead, my man. Are they at least of age? Are they children? Yes. Shut up. They are undead children, yes. This movie really... What? What? It's creepy, right? I mean... So if they I were undead have... adults, that's cool. But it's... I didn't... It's I'm okay. at... I didn't... Listen, I'm one of those assassins that there was never anything about children. But Take why... the shot, Carl. Take the shot. What is... never said there'd be children involved. Oh, is that uh, Scarface? Yeah, it's Scar right, Scarface. He's driving around the U.N. like, uh, Don't do it. Fuck you, man! Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> right, and then suddenly he's not a cool criminal anymore. I told you not to fuck with me, you monkey. You want to go to war? <laughs> I'm not doing it right. Well, I mean, like he was going to be like sitting on the uh, the, the star chamber. here, Mike. I'm sorry. Look how long we dwelled in that one spot, going talky, 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 talky. This movie movie was horribly written. Well, don't you think that that's the payoff? Is that you know we go in, we we're one room, we're not even in the mortuary. We see it detached through the uh, as viewers, we see it again through a television set. But I'm sure at the end we'll be stuck. The, the characters will be stuck in there. I don't know. Could be well crafted. <laughs> who am I to say? I, well, you're a guy who didn't watch the film, listen to the uh, sound, and be going, "Oh my God, when is this scene gonna end?" Uh, <laughs> you know, when there is a feature on YouTube. Tell, how's the wife and stuff like that? You never change the speed, huh? When you watch the YouTube videos, <laughs> one point five. <laughs> Yeah, I think the whole mortuary is filled with zombies, boodles. Oh no, here comes Phyllis Stiller at 1.5 speed. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Phyllis Stiller. You know, one of my favorite Bob Hope Phyllis Stiller's movie I think, is, uh, boy, I have the wrong number. Or, uh, and boy, I have the wrong number. And there's one point where this, they, uh, girl passes out on sleeping pills and Phyllis Stiller says, well, you know, if a girl has sleeping pills, she must have pet pills. Sure <laughs> enough, they find pet pills on her. 
<laughs> I guess back then uh, we would carry sleeping pills and pep pills with each other. I guess. Salt and pepper. I okay, so now, Mr. Anything I Say You Disagree With, go ahead and really turn up the sound and listen to this horrible backstory exposition. Are you listening? Turn it up. It is up. I got it up. This guy makes uh, Peter Falk look like uh, Lisa Wood. All right, tell me what he's saying. Repeat it back to me. Go ahead. He said, oh, hang on. Hey, you got the, and the, and the, my finger goes this way. I don't know what he's saying. He's picking his nose. Look, I'm telling you, this movie was horribly written. You don't need to dis disagree with me. Ah! I think what they were doing is establishing you're outside of the morgue, and then you're seeing what Some, sometimes movies are poorly in. written. But if it's written and directed by someone, it, it, sometimes the vision comes through, right? I mean, is he successful despite of himself? Um, well, he did three B movies he did Harbinger in '96, he did Grant, uh, he did Dark 30 in '93, and he did The Boneyard in '91. Um, that the rest of it was the sculpting, and he did special effects makeup for episodes of The Twilight Zone and The Hitchhiker in uh, 85 and 83. Oh, so the Twilight Zone in 85. I actually watched a bunch of those. Yeah. So, I mean, he had a career in movies. He was just always on the creative, uh, you know, like, it's pre-production. What are these things going to look like? Let's employ some sculptors to help us out. And then he went on on his own to uh, direct movies. Now he's got $850,000 budget. He's got Phyllis Diller. He's got the guy who used to be on Peyton Place, right? He, right. He's got, uh, I, I think Norman. we're at. <laughs> Norman. Oh, yeah. And then he's got Norman Fell. So, so he's not a slouch. He made a movie. Okay. Right. So one of the elevators is out, so he must bring the body through the lobby. Well, Phyllis Diller will have none of that. That That's is a tacky. regulation. What, because it's sanitary? Yeah. Well, it's okay to have a dog in a mortuary? Yeah. Wouldn't the dog, like, the body? Yes, and later we're going to have a little <laughs> bit of zombie licking. I don't like these mortuary. Uh, these morticians suck in this movie. Yeah. They're either like feeding dead bodies to children, or uh, now I don't know what's worse. Out of the, the director wanted us to see that a screw fell out of the uh, the gurney. Okay, so when they I get to it. the elevator, it will collapse, and that's supposed to explain it for you. Oh well, he's a good director then, Carl. Uh, no. No, he, no, he's not like that. Uh, <laughs> when he gets on to the gurney, uh, onto the elevator, at least the first time I saw this movie, I did not understand why the gurney was collapsing. I did the second time I saw it, okay? Plus, the gurney collapsing provides some gross stuff, but nothing else. It doesn't pay off. So oh, that's a relief. why do it? That's a relief, right? We're sick of the gross stuff. Like, as... What, what yeah, what a good stuff. director. He gave us relief. We're sick of the gross stuff in this movie. <laughs> and that's why I was fired from Disney. 
So now Peyton Place guy is laying down the law, Jersey. This is what we're doing. This is an emergency corridor. So and so to get it fixed. He, like he somehow becomes the boss, even though he's just some cop who's gone there to see a bo- see bodies. You mean he's like a loud, obnoxious guy, pushy, and his name is what? He's a pushy, loud guy. Does he tailgate people? <laughs> Jersey. Jersey. Uh, his name is Jersey Callium, and I get your joke. Uh, I think that's a good joke. I'm going to write that the first joke of this show. They okay. call him Jersey because he tailgates everyone. <laughs> uh, he did a lot of B-movie stunt work for Roger Corman. 56 movie in 57. You know, like Swamp Women, Attack of the Crab Monsters, Rock All sure. Night in 57, Carnival Rock. It Carnival goes Rock? About eight to ten of them, yeah. That's like if I can't afford a Carnival or a Rock show, I'd be like, Great, thank you, Corman. Two and yeah. one. I went once to Great Adventure and saw the Beach Boys perform. That was a carnival rock. Uh, who was in the band? Do you remember? Can I ask you? Uh, well, it was the crazy one. Um, Brian or Dennis? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And he was telling all about the different phases. Of, you know, first we wrote about surf, and then we wrote about cars, then we wrote about girls. <laughs> Was it good? Do you, was it a good concert? Would you put it up there? Uh, it was like my first concert ever. Like I was a little kid. I don't even count it as a concert. Or maybe it was like I had been to concerts and I this was my third one. Like it was a big deal to me back in the day to go see concerts because it's something grownups did, like something right. big kids did. So I I I counted it for a while, and then after I had seen like twenty concerts, I said that doesn't count. You little child, you know. <laughs> We're done. But then you started performing, and you made force people to watch concerts. I forced them. Yeah, me and Solnick <laughs> and Kanichi. We played the French club dinner, and everyone had to listen to it. Do you remember uh, Rock Against Dinos? Yes. <laughs> in New Jersey, there was it's still around, and we actually we went there when we were in New Jersey, and I had just one taste of your pizza, and it brought me back. I still had the great taste. Mr. Dino's has some notoriety, and so yeah. he kicked out Paul and Kenichi, so they, they decided to have Rock Against Dino's. Right. They a, pro- put them, a protest outside on the sidewalk with their drum kit and guitar. Yeah, that was great. They made a poster. Yes. <laughs> come come out to Rock Against Dino's. <laughs> That's so great, man. And what else? Of course you're going. Of course you're going. You're a freshman. Of course. Yeah. I didn't go even though it was like a block from my house. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. That was a- now she's got an object. And she's going to have one of her visions. Now, where's Norman Phelps? Uh, he fell. He's hiding behind glasses and a mustache. Here he is in the front right. You That's Norman Phelps? Ponytail. Oh, look at him stretching. <laughs> oh, he doesn't want people to know he, he just did Transylvania. I saw it. He's it's, uh, undead alive. He hasn't noticed? Like, no psychic. Oh, here comes the vision. Yeah, she's starting to have her vision. What she does is she gets a vibrator, and she begins to use it, and then she starts to have a vision. Look, she's doing it right now. Oh, there's the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't kiss it. 
ouch, you cut, you uh -huh. cut my hand to get blood. And I felt it in the real world. I am a stereotype. Yeah, what's where are they? Movie trope. Uh, who knows? Vision glass. I mean, Maybe are they in the woods? Are they in China? I guess, but somehow... Okay, when the, the mortician was giving an interview, he said that his family was tied to help the demons come to life. Like, there was a curse on their family. And I guess we're seeing a historic... He's having a vision of history when it, I don't know, happened in the 1200s. What do I know? Right. Well, it takes place, uh, I don't know, maybe down the street. Can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to get a psychic premonition. Oh, there you go. Whoa. Uh, Wait a minute. He's not in that little lunchroom with Holiday. You're right. She's in the morgue ward. Where they keep the body. And, right. Now, she can see coming through the door, Norman Fell, Peyton Place guy. Is she having, like, does she, like, move herself? What's it called when you can be in another? Project? Yeah, like Dr. Strange did or something. Okay. Well, we don't see her float around. Huh? Is there Tilden Sweden around? From Dr. Strange? I'll explain my jokes. Okay. I think <sighs> that she could astro plane if she would do like a, like a zeppelin, like do helium. And then <laughs> float over, float over. Yeah. Uh oh. Someone's not doing your. They're supposed <laughs> to be dead. You had one job. <laughs> it's a good year psychic. Oh, dead sheep. Ah, uh, he's just Morning stretching, breath. waking up. Look at that boner they got when they wake up. It's, yeah, they call it, I woke up with wood. <laughs> that, yeah. At 55, you do not wake up with wood. <laughs> but if you were a zombie, maybe that'll change it. <laughs> if Sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes if you didn't go pee, you really have to pee. And then you think you've got morning wood, but you didn't. You oh, just, it disappears the moment you pee. You, yeah, it's like it's deflating, like the pee was in it. And it, it, <laughs> you pee it out. It goes... <laughs> my, my favorite is when it hits you and you wake up. And, you know, you like wake up at three or whatever. Suddenly you get morning wood and you're like, I'm the greatest. I still got it. Holy shit. Oh, is that Jeremy Piven? Go, no, babe. it looks like him, right? That's Jeremy. There we get a first. I can't. Spot, I don't. It looks I like do Norman not. Fell. He does not look like Norman Fell. I gotta maybe I'll raise the volume see if he sounds like Norman Fell. They so, wasted their actor here. No, these are comedic actors in a horror movie. It's perfectly apt to have them do something different. You know. Um, okay, so you got a B movie. It's going straight to video. If you want to help sell it, show me Mr. Roper. Show me Phyllis Diller. I want to see her wig on. You see what I'm saying? And what about yeah. this Peyton Place guy? Like, why cast him? Like, do we really know him? I mean, well, I mean, they probably got the actors they can get the actors for. Maybe they for you, Mike, you might like him from Police Academy Three. Yeah, I'm familiar of his work. Oh, you are. I've never seen Peyton Place. I've never read the book. I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the TV show. 
He was in the movie Airport 75, and he was in the movie For the Love of Benji. Right. That's when they kill cats and sacrifice them. Right. For the love of For Benji. the love of Benji. <laughs> okay, this is really great. I want you to turn up the sound when Alrighty. it's time. Okay, look, Mike, be ready. Be ready, because it's one of the only funny things about the movie. All right, look, I have the sound on now. So. Well, I, then you're going to get discouraged and turn it down. You always do, as if we'll get arrested. I'll no, tell no, you I'm going to keep it going. Fortunately, the sound sounds terrible, so I can keep it in the background. Uh, there's an What's audience da, 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 I'm da, da. talking about, Michael. Ba, 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 ba. Da, 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 da. Okay, she grabs the keys. Right. She runs for the elevator. The dog goes, sick him! She goes, sick him! So this is how the dog gets down into the moor. She can't get through. That's okay. Phyllis Diller to the rescue. Sick him! Right. Okay, keep the sound up because here comes our big joke. She got away with it. Love it. Phyllis Diller, take okay. the dog out. So there's a comedian in New Jersey, and I really don't appreciate it because I think it's too mean-spirited. But yeah. that's his, not tagline, uh, catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. He does a joke about his ex-girlfriend, and uh -huh. then the audience screams out, fat bitch. At, yeah. I think I, it's mean-spirited, but, I mean, I've been around him so many... often. How many years has he been doing this act? Like more, I don't know the real answer, but it's over a year. It's pre-pandemic, you know. Don't you? He might want to move on with his life, otherwise uh, he'll be that ex ex-wife comic. My ex-wife, six years of my ex-wife. Yeah, you know what? Move on. Write some new material. Maybe life after six years of being divorced. Maybe there's something else, you know. So when I was watching this movie and it came to that point. I did a clip, pretty much the clip I told you to put the audio on, uh -huh. and I sent it to him. Oh, all right. <laughs> You're so funny. He'll add that. That's good. The audience needs to hear. And Studio six. This sound, the sound on this movie is a little bit lower than I, I'm used to. Yes, that's really true. I had it at a hundred percent, and I could hardly hear. I got neighbors. I live in a mortuary. I don't want to wake up the zombies. Uh, yeah. Zombie poodles. That could be potentially dangerous. You know, maybe Phyllis Dillis was talking to her dog. That bitch. Fat, oh, that bitch? Oh, she said fat bitch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this guy's catchphrase. Is fat bitch? No, I thought it was that like, bitch. You said, like, oh, he should move on with his life. But this guy, he does his jokes aren't real. He, he's like a pun guy. He does, like... Uh, he's a misogynistic pun guy? <laughs> <laughs> divides like that fat bitch and jokes about that rhymes words that rhyme he studied massage yeah he's a misogynist now and um anyway anyway i'm not a fan of that catchphrase i think it's mean-spirited but yeah I'm and you know what you you have an audience and half the audience is you know i mean half the audience is women in television films uh-huh but it's not true it's usually the majority of women and also like 
it's just you can throw people out with that it's not it's not i mean whatever some some comedians you know they they stick with what they uh they die on the hill they climb up whatever the phrase is yeah yeah i'm sorry guy there's a cannibal in the mortuary so right so he he had the vision that there were cannibals down not cannibals they're like undead and they're eating corpses i don't know so then he comes down to like warn the other people jersey and and uh but she couldn't find them okay so here she is now witnessing and they're going to go after her of course right of course i mean talk about fresh meat <laughs> they're eating corpses oh, right babies what oh no those are dolls still this is pretty they're sick. kids they're kids yeah it's a doll uh they're Asian kids. They're, it's just, uh, you know, it could be gross, but you don't have to get in the bed. And... <laughs> I don't know. There was always like John Carpenter assault on uh, Precinct 13 and yeah. uh, Halloween 3. He would kill kids, you know, and there was a huge impact when the kid gets shot uh, at the ice cream truck. Do you remember that movie from the 70s? No. no. So these criminals take an ice cream truck and, and uh, take over a police district, uh, precinct. And a kid goes up, and he shoots the kid. Oh, my God. Why would they put that in a movie? I mean, even Because though... they, they used to. And I guess they, you know, well, why would you have, like, out of all the corpses, you got to make the kids? I mean, it's I guess it's creepier that way. I guess. Now, this is Deep Roy. No, really? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> From Going Bananas, he wore a monkey suit? Uh, Jersey to the rescue. It's always Look a good Oh, of course he's got a gun. He's Jersey. Yeah, Jersey kid. I'm the Jersey kid. Shit. Bullets don't work. Run. <laughs> I have a nickel every time I heard that. Hi. Live bodies. Un undead. Open the door. Ah, <laughs> uh, hi. Rat tail. Not Norman Fell. Look at that. That's not even a rat tail. That's like when your hair gets kind of... There he is. There he is, Mr. Roper. Doo-doo, doo-doo. Oh, no, I'm not... I'm, I think I'm singing Soap, the theme song. But the oh, Ropers are similar. That, That's what it is. I thought right. you were too young for Soap because I was really little when Soap was out. Soap went in syndication, so they would have the episodes oh, every night. So you okay. would watch five, five episodes in a row in a week didn't have to wait every day we had no week. idea we were binge watching we were streaming well what would happen is that you would miss an episode and then you would have to wait for the whole season to wrap you go know around. what i mean like yeah, yeah go around <clears throat> soap's available on streaming services i see I, I think i actually tried to watch one but the introduction was like six minutes long okay we missed it i don't know how we missed it we were probably talking but one of the women that they brought in uh, who had killed herself, her name is Dana in the show, um, she wasn't dead. Like whatever pill she took, pills or whatever, it, it, they thought she was dead. And she woke up. They were like, oh, no, it's undead. And she's no, like, I saw that. But they, did they kill her? No. Because she's like, hi, I'm not undead. How are you? Pleased <laughs> to meet you. How's your mom? What's your name? What do you mean, what's my name? Don't try to eat my brains. 
oh, no, thank you. I just had a bad accident. I, I'm, I don't really have much of an appetite right now. What? Okay. Are you undead? Yeah, I was dead a minute ago. You guys woke me up. I guess I'm undead. I'm undead now. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, you see the the cop who's bandaging her up, right? They they shot a move. The the end of the movie was supposed to be these two get married, and it was the first shot they made on November thirteenth. For some reason, it didn't end up in the movie. They did a little wedding thing in which they were married. Oh, that's romantic. I guess, yes. Who, do you think the movie betters without uh, a wedding at the end? I I would have to see it. Right. <laughs> As it is right now, it has a horrible ending. It's like, okay, thanks. Thanks for coming. Okay, we're out of the building now. <laughs> that was close. Oh, yeah. We'll see you next movie. It's really late. The, oh. uh, from, from dusk to dawn, they make it out. and they, he... Phyllis has her key. Oh, so she's going down to the morgue? Yep, she doesn't know what's going on down there. She doesn't see the monitor from her... Peyton Place guy goes, it's no good. It's no good. The phones are dead. So Mr. Roper goes, did, did, did you dial nine? <laughs> oh, he goes, no. So he dials nine. He goes, it's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard his voice when he said it, though. He's like, that, it, it's the central switchboard. You got to dial nine. <laughs> and Norman Fell is really stretching this one. He probably wanted to to stray away from his iconic look. I guess, yes. He said, it no, is, this will be fun. I'll do it. I mean, It so is an iconic look. I mean, he's been in movies in the 60s, of course, with Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think he was in Bullet. Or, but in movies yeah, like that. he was in Bullet. Yeah, he was in Bullet. So he's like a, you know, admin kind of short-cropped hair, tight suit. <laughs> he was in Catch-22. It's a mad, yeah. mad world. Right. Him and... Uh, Buddy Hackett. No, no, him and Andy Rooney. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I have to I have to see that movie again. No, Norman Fell shows up later. Be indifferent. Now with a budget of eight hundred and fifty thousand, right? The only right. two big there are three big ticket names. Peyton Place guy isn't really one, but you know he thinks he's one. And then you have Roper and Diller. So they gotta I don't know how much of that money. Like, did they get a hundred thousand each? You know, like, why not? I'll do it. You got to give me a hundred grand. Well, that's a uh, good pal money. Yeah, like you know, you get a pool, have the hot tub part. You know, hundred grand, yeah, thirty grand, and you know, oh. look, let's run down to Cancun. Just. You know, two weeks, you and me, what do you say? $5,000, $8,000 gone. He so looks like Jeremy Piven. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. The ghouls eating children is not the really upsetting part for me. Yeah, it's it's uh, entourage dude not getting credited. Yeah, that's all right, dude. Piv. It's the Piv. Uh, looking for these? <laughs> uh. Well, not looking for, but surprise. I just stole these. <laughs> what now? That door leads. I mean, they have another door. 
the zombies are out. Uh, the zombies could be behind that door. It's basically uh -huh. a records room of the morgue. Wow, well, wow! Well, I should have, I should have gone with curtain number two. <laughs> it's a collection of data, paper <laughs> form. Show them what they won. The ghoulies are going to show up, right? Well, throughout this whole film, up oh, it hurts him. His leg hurts him. Oh no! He, did he get some? He's going to turn into a zombie, but right? He lays the heavy axe on his thigh. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, I'm wrong about that. Oh no, that's the proper way of putting down an axe. Just, you know. Now this is, box. this is the room where people's possessions, when they died, are in bags, and she's finding like pipe bombs <laughs> to serve the script. Oh, you mean someone? They found a dead body, and they're like, "Oh, throw that in storage." Yeah, he's got his pipe bombs. Put it in the bag. Look. Uh, Did they ever figure out how he died? Jeremy Piven's got a semi-automatic weapon now. Oh, man, this is the best. I wish I had a record room like that. I would be the best law firm ever. There you, there you go, Phyllis. Phyllis, why aren't you wearing your wig? Oh, Phyllis, will you close the door? You're going to let the zombies in. Now they hear Phyllis. Miss Poppin' Platts. Poopin' right. Platts. Yeah, poop in plats. Oh, poop in pants. Poop in plats. Is plats pants in German? I don't think so. Plats oh. is like place or plaza uh, kind of thing. So it's poop place. Yeah. Pooping place. Yeah, poop in place. But I don't think they mean like as if you're standing in place. They mean a physical location like town, time, town square. Right. Deutschen Germans Platz. Oh, you mean like an outhouse? No, I do not. Well, yeah, if it's a pooping Platz. A pooping Platz. Haven't they ein pooping Platz? Yeah, yeah. I forget how you say out back in German, but yeah. Kommen dieses hier ist weg. I can't speak German anymore. That was college. Okay, so she's hearing that crying girl with her doll, just like, yeah, uh, just uh -oh. like Ashley did in the beginning. Is it is the demon gonna look in the camera? But look how human he is. Look how he's not undead. He's just covered with yuck. Isn't well, that I mean, interesting? You don't want to torment your child actor. Ah, wall monster, feeling monster. They don't mind. Oh, he's got a tail. He, the, the monsters don't even go in for Phyllis Diller. Wow. Right. He's interested and fascinated by the dog. Now, Phyllis Diller has loved that dog since the movie began. But now oh. she's like, fuck that. He's my distraction. And she's backing away. Oh, you, I would hate it if she wanted to take the dog. I mean, maybe she should. <laughs> Look at Phyllis. Fuck this. I am so scared. And that she's really scared. She's an actress. Whoa, no, that's, that's a stunt clearly person. Right. And, okay, I didn't even need to tell you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm sort of relieved. <laughs> I want to see an obvious stunt Instead person. Instead of Phil, 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 
getting yeah i would hate to see like actual at 66 yeah well she she uh lived longer than this movie's release right this movie yeah she did um let's see do i have when she died Oh, by the way, she was in The Fat Spy, which we saw on our show. Yes, I know, which she was great in. Well, because, you know, it's funny, Fat Spy and then the Bob Hope, she has a very, not like Mae West, but a very anti-comedian acting style, uh-huh. you know, which is like the energy of the room kind of doesn't suck it out, but she's a, her own force. Right. Which was, she yeah, was and I love it. I do love it, you know. But if you, if she's going to be on stage, it's not as part of an ensemble. He's... Yeah, but you kind of see the comedic moment and then you just kind of undercut it. And, you know, it's not like she doesn't work with her Wonder Woman faux pas. Mm-hmm. But here she's playing it straight as much as she can. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, not Ashley. It's uh, Dana. Dana runs with the with uh, Jeremy Piven because he's got a gun, but that will lead to their. It's a romance that never comes to fruition because we don't see it on screen. This Dana, she was in this film. She was also in uh, Slavery and the Making of America, a 2005 movie. I don't have much info on it. So that's pretty recent. Or two thousand gross. Now look, he gets slime. He like feeds her part of his flesh. No, it's really gross. Yeah. Really rude. What a terrible demon. Yeah. Now nobody likes Phyllis Diller, but nobody deserves a slimy face full of (laughs) you know. He's a human. Let's get her out of here so she can yell another day. I mean, this is horrible. She, she's being so silly right now. She's acting, and she's going, wah, wah. He's really acting, man. <laughs> I should have asked her to turn the sound on. Okay, you see that yucky, yucky thing on the ground? Uh, Yeah. It is a dead demon, and later the dog will <laughs> lick it up. Okay, now they're learning. He shot her in the shot him or her up in the chest, and that kills the undead thing. So they learn, and our psychic thinks that makes sense because their life force comes from the heart. Oh my God! Is that how is love going to save the day? Nope, <laughs> not at all. What about the psychic? What about her? Did I say the day? She, uh, she will not save the day. No. Huh. She you know, will it's interesting. Be safe. I do like the idea of a psychic because if you start the movie off with a psychic, then you, as an audience, will accept you know demons and monsters. Yeah. Because the, the world already has. Yeah. So now we have. A scene that's like not funny, it's disgusting, but it's I think it's meant to be funny. She's just sort of puking out the goo. It looks like butterscotch. She's just trying to spew out the slime. Listen, according to this box, this video box, this is a comedy. Yeah. Oh no, what the box dropped. It's a horror movie. Box drop. 
Uh, this is what the Nickelodeon studios must have looked like in the 90s. Yeah, with the slime. Yeah, everywhere. What a babe. Look at she's got a gun. She's going to a supersonic yeah. gun. No, but she won't use it. What we're having now is us learning that, like, he's a protector and he wants to be with him and she doesn't want to use the gun. She wants him to use the gun. Yeah. Let me close the studio window. It's freezing. All right. They hear each other through the uh, pipes, the air ducts, which kind of doesn't make sense because on an elevator, you don't have that. You have a shaft, and it is not part of the air duct system at all. You want it isolated. It's not clean. Um, the ducts are supposed to be about circulating uh, HVAC, circulating uh, uh, air conditioning, heating. So, um, so it doesn't make sense in the real world, but zombies don't either. So, okay, we'll forgive it. So, this director, he had a heart attack in 2002, and it affected him. And he made a uh, he made an illustrated book. It's for all ages, but it's it's got like a cartoon kid in it, and the the, the proceeds go straight to the American Heart Association. Um, it's called Good Things to Share, and um, it's a book he wrote. It, it's inspirational. It's a picture book. Uh, I don't know anything else about it, so I don't recommend it or not, but... Uh, What's it called? It's called Good Things to Share. Because he had a heart open heart surgery, um, huh. it like profoundly affected him, and he did this like charitable thing. He made the book. The money goes to the American. Well, actually, it says a portion of uh -huh, a portion. You know, yeah, so I don't yeah. know, but it feels like it's a nice thing. Oh, I'm sure it's it's for good reason. Actually, I I just walked into your conversation. I was. And also, this movie is scary. I don't know how much of a watch. Yeah, I know. I think our safe word was up last time. Uh-huh. That's right. I think our safe word is uh, our Star Trek connection. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek this connection. Is, he's our – Dave uh, Jeremy Piven is our Star Trek connection because he did some sculptures for Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. The, the whales, the San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, no, he uh, actually uh, built the invisible spaceship that landed, that stayed in, in Golden Gate. They put six people on it. Probably his easiest thing. I want you to sculpt me every uh, except for the invisible one. I did I stutter? I want you to sculpt me every, <laughs> everyone. Uh, yes, sir. Coming right yes, up. Yes, sir. Here. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, sir. I finished the first project. And which project is that? Uh, the invisible starship. <laughs> Let me see your work. Uh, it's in the parking see, lot. It's it's it's. They see the stand, like yeah. in the conference room for his presentation. They're all lined up on their stands, and there's one blank, empty stand. <laughs> well, you know the Zoom. He's like, okay, let me uh, get the PowerPoint going. Well, and that's been my uh, Eddie gone. Yeah, you just had like nothing for three panels. Now we have the long, drawn-out backstory about trying to kill herself, and it seems to not be related to zombies. So why is it in this movie? 
And we don't see a romance start between them. We see Jeremy Piven begin to have empathy. Maybe that's all you need is a human moment. I guess yes. I don't know why everything I say, you got to defend this guy. Yeah. I don't oh, give it a break. This is the classic Key Largo moment where all the survivors are trapped on location and they're uh -huh. different, different Sorry. people. This yeah. is well done. Look, you, not I, not it's been done before. <laughs> it's well done. You didn't you watch the movie. I'm not going to watch this. Movie. I'm not listening to this movie. I'm not going to sit down and watch this and learn this. I'm just going to have creepy. Now, obviously, it's. I mean, it's good. Okay. Turn it on. Uh, no, turn it on. Listen. Oh. To it. If you can stand it, turn okay. it. It's on, Carl. Don't be. I guess snippy. Okay. No one's talking right now. Joke on you. Sucks for no one's still joking. Okay, there you go. Okay. I guess it's over. The movie just made a jerk out of me. I, I honestly like. Uh, I've I have seen better. I've heard better sound quality on porno cassettes. <laughs> cassettes, he says. Not file. Ew! Stop it, Phyllis Diller. Ugh. Oh, Gerber baby, he looks like the Gerber baby. <laughs> when it's Ralphing. Maybe that's why she didn't want to wear her wig. That's a good fake vomit on it. <laughs> no, the director specifically requested no wig. Well, that's good. She's gone a long way since the Scooby-Doo <laughs> mystery movies. Mike, you say it's good, okay? But imagine you're a director. You got an 850000 budget. It's uh, probably your first. Yeah, I think it's your first feature. Yeah, it's 91. This is your first, your big shot to make it's a great, movie. It's great trivia. It's great publicity. It's a great way to angle this movie. This is the movie where Phyllis Willard, Willard, uh, Phyllis Diller didn't Diller. wear a wig. I don't know who Phyllis Willard is. Killer. But Killer. The thing is, is this movie on America's radar? Did it work? That talking point? You see, this is, I mean, this is a cult film. I mean, I'm sure there's lovers of it. I mean, this is, this did reach the B movie art, uh, archive, too. <laughs> okay. This guy, it's a good movie. This is a good film. No, I can't, I can't say that. I haven't sat through this movie, obviously. I don't think it's good. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. You see the, they're, um, they're, they're to, getting to know each other. Got interrupted by undead. They're 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 asking the undead to come follow their voice. No, they're asking Jeremy Piven and oh. uh, and uh, Dana. Don't give okay. up. Follow my voice. Come what and get us. Crazy. Fuck that. I'm not going in there. Look at hey. how the shot this. Oh, it's great. No, it's terrible, Carl. You're it absolutely right. Michael! <laughs> okay, we got hit. Uh, there's the piv. There's the piv and his submachine gun. Oh, oh no! Who what let the puppeteer? by the director to surprise us with a freaking puppet. Frank Oz is in the chat. Now look, the director in his wisdom knows that the undead will totally run away from when you spray a, a fire, fire extinguisher. Yeah. Well, it was just a push back the the, the worked. see how good it was the director needed a push back and he got it let's stink in that room go off a fire extinguisher yeah these actors <laughs> i 
this one of those movies where like halfway through you're like, why is Norman Fell still alive? Yeah. Well, no, he will check out very early. So will Phyllis Diller. Why are they in the film? How does it lend to? Wouldn't you make Mr. Roper the cop? No, I think what he's doing is great. I would again, like, I would pay money, and this is good publicity. It's where Norman Fell. I don't know what he's doing, but you know, let him cut loose. <laughs> let him cut loose. <laughs> he's playing a mortician. I, I Mr. Okay. The producers of the film first sought rocker Alice Cooper as an actor for key roles. That would have been cool. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah, that would be cool. Eh, maybe a little too on the nose. They couldn't get him, so they got on the nose, but consider what we're watching. It would have... Yeah, it would have been at least a nice, nice relief to see him. Yeah. What did we see him in? We saw him in uh, We're Not Worthy, Wayne's World, maybe two. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. He had a famous uh, manager, this guy, uh, I think his name is. So uh, uh -huh. Mike Myers got introduced to him, I guess, through, through Wayne's World. And one of the things this producer does is that he, you know, he'll let his friends sleep in his place in Hawaii, his house. And uh, so Mike Myers stayed there and he made a documentary about him. Oh, interesting. Yes. <laughs> it's weird, you know. Okay, now this actor, his name is uh, Willie Stratford. And I don't know, he was known for Black Rainbow 89, The Runaway 2000, and The White Girl 1990. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember the film. So he, he did a, like, boo! He doesn't know what's going on. There's the mortician who killed himself. He just now killed himself. Why is he? The internet says he opened his eyes when the bag unzipped, but I have seen this movie like four or five times. That's how we know it sucks, Mike. And uh, I did not see that happen. Here's Phyllis Diller. No, wait a minute. She had the slime in her mouth. It got in her stomach, and now she is undeadified. She's a puppet? Yeah. Ow! Oh. What an effective ketchup stain. Was he the first guy to die in this movie? Uh, yeah. Did you grow up I think yes. All right. Black guy dies first in this movie. All right. You, you got me. That is a trope. He's growing bigger. Yeah. Wait till you it's see. It's your ego. It's your ego. <laughs> Unmanageable. This is the worst Scooby Doo mystery. She would remember Scooby Doo had these movie mysteries where they would get uh, contemporary celebrities like Don Knox to to play themselves. I don't remember. Yeah, in the it, wait, was it still a cartoon? Yeah, it was still a cartoon. Yeah, it was like I remember that. It was a different series, so they would have Phyllis Diller, and I actually think that was good because it was a way for me to kind of see Phyllis Diller and learn about who she was at least. Right. You know? Like they the, had uh, Smokey and the Bandit guy, the not cool one, the truck truck driver. Jerry Reed? Yeah. No. yeah. yeah. He does Jerry a country Reed. song. He's a country singer, right? Right. He's found and down. Yeah, well, that's what they said. They were like, country singer and movie star Jerry Reed, how y'all doing? 
Yeah. Oh no, she got zapped and in the chest too. That's where. That's gonna help. Th- well, that's where the puppeteer is. That's where the heart is, I guess. And so they and so Dana zapped her. And Phyllis Diller is dead and out of our movie for the rest of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Phyllis Diller. I wouldn't have done that, man. I would have had her all the way to the end. And that's our headliner. If you'd like to see more of Phyllis Diller, she'll be uh, at the merch table over by the uh, (laughs) coat room. Doing selfies and selling a t-shirt. $30. Quite a bargain. Quite a bargain. Available for cameos. Hello. Zombie Phyllis Diller here. (laughs) Selling fang t-shirts. Fang t-shirts. Aha, uh-huh. is Fang here? Uh-uh, honey. Uh-huh. Now the disgusting uh-huh. dog licks up this disgusting, like, undead goo. Ah. So they've been zombie poodles before. I mean, there was that Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. Was like okay, weird. good. Okay. You, Michael, who think this movie's so great, you got to hear the dialogue. <laughs> In the script, I wish I could hear the dialogue. If I could hear the dialogue, that means my hearing is back. Now she's going to reveal why she didn't want to come forward and help. She's very apologetic. Let's listen. Ryan. No, I'm the one who should apologize. Good. Let me hear what they're saying, Mike. I have it at maximum volume. Okay, you just relay it to the audience then. People have I turned away? Yeah. I clock. No audio. <laughs> nothing makes sense, sense anymore. Just nothing makes sense. Either want something for me. From people want something from her. But if someone wanted to burn something, something. No, or people wanted to burn me at the nearest stake. Like, you, you can't be tortured by this dialogue if you're... Carl, listen, I'm transcribing. Sigh, dramatic sigh. Sega. Sig. All right. Sega. 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 <laughs> I want something my own film. No, wrong again. Oh, my God, Jeremy. Correct. Wait, wrong. Jersey. It's Jersey. Oh, Jersey, right. Oh, my God. He he can't take his 7 up, his V8. But then all of a sudden, Jersey will be fine, inexplicably. Yeah, no, I think fucking bleeding out your mouth means you're in bad shape. Well, tell that to this director, because he changed his mind. Forklift. Forklift. And it's like that, that is not a compelling speech, right? Right. We weren't connected so, with it. So this forklift is more compelling. Right. That's what we should be focusing on. And if it was my movie, Phyllis Dillard would be riding the forklift. Woohoo! Come on! You know, you made an excellent point, Carl. If this was my movie, I think Phyllis Dillard would, would survive the night. Oh, absolutely. And Norman uh, Fell would be like, the detective who gets all the cool lines, you know, and you know, runs around with his gun. Why do you hate Jersey so much? Uh, it's just he's a dud. Okay, you were on Peyton Place and you when you were young and handsome with black hair. Okay, what else did you do? 
You were Roger Corman's boy. You were in Police Academy, Airport, and For the Love of Benji. So right? you're saying that the problem with Jersey is there's nothing to do. It's nothing to do in Jersey. You look – yeah, there's nothing to do in Jersey. You look at his face and you don't say, hey, that guy, I know that guy. They forklifted his face. Uh, they're not going to kill this guy. Yeah, they're going to kill him because they got his chest. Lift him. Else? Lift him. When I called the lift, I didn't mean the Uber. <laughs> yeah. Are you my Uber? Because I called the lift. <laughs> that wasn't a funny pun. That fat bitch. That's been my pun. That bitch. Good night. Whatever. He's he shouldn't like. Oh, you're back on posting with his his uh. Whatever the guys. Do you, do you want to plug him? I haven't seen him. You're just shit his talking. His name is Steve Poston. He was on our celebrity comedian countdown. He's uh he's a very funny person. I am not a fan of his catchphrase. Right. All right, Steve. Take it from take it when you're a friend of the pod. Take it from us. Drop that. You're better than that. The audience is better than that. I tell you, Mike, he won't do it because every time he says that, he does get a big laugh. Now, he's making a mistake. He doesn't understand. People are being polite. He just doesn't get it, and I'm not telling him. Okay, this is the poodle. The poodle has grown. I know. It's like on two legs. Right, and it's not in the same room as the guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe that they were really looking at that. The that poodle. <clears throat> they said, roll them. Now where are we? Staircase. <laughs> Staircase. Want to reprocess that thought, Mike? Oh, a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Why? Because you're a woman and you know, you're not gonna want to look at my butt. Yeah, okay. right. I'm okay. not wearing a dress. Now is not the time. Oh no, your stupid rabbit's foot. Right. The guy who doesn't believe in zombies believes in his luck of his rabbit's foot. He, does he believe in psychics? Did he tell her before he met? I think at this point he can't not believe. Oh well, what? Oh, I thought it was an eclipse. Now look, she can't get up right. because of her weight. So that's the first time that plays into this movie, except for two insults that Phyllis Diller does. Right. The, the vet. But this is also like a Poseidon adventure, right? Didn't Phil, uh, Sally Winters get Sally Winters had to swim. Yeah, she gained weight for the film. We covered this, I think, yeah, last Yeah, that's night right. Because it required her to be a fat woman, and she needed to work, and she never lost the weight. I mean, that could just be a story, too. Also, this is some kind of workplace. you got to consider the fact Oh, that you mean that might be her, like, like I'm embarrassed, so I'm making up, a, like, a story about it? That's good publicity. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I mean, you need publicity I, before a film comes out, not... I, I, I do believe that she probably did gain the weight for the movie. I do believe the story. But, uh, I mean, life is life, so who knows? Yeah. Uh-oh. Whoa. Giving her you, the slip. You dummy poodle, you'll get smushed. 
you dummy poodle. Stupid mutt. You dumb, dumb poodle. Listen. All right, there you go. Ashley! She's what? She's putting a leash on the dog. Yeah. What is she, Wiley E. Coyote? Good tricks. <laughs> oh no, flaming yeah, zombie gas. poodle. There's natural gas down there. This is where the comedy comes in. Yeah. Flaming <laughs> zombie like poodle. Yeah. Oh no! Wah, wah, wah. Gooby doo. Yeah, uh, radar mysteries. We'll be back. What 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 Scooby Doo radar mysteries? Come on, Phyllis Diller, you're taking too long. Don't boss me around, dog, or you'll find yourself in a leash. Phyllis Diller, you better not mess with Phyllis Diller. Or I'll make lamb chops out of you, Scooby. Excuse me, is this the way to the Renaissance Fair? Thomas <laughs> Jane. Yes, they... Yeah, hi, I am Thomas Jane, star of The Punisher. Thanks for asking. Okay, so Ashley fell on her ass. Now, the dog blew up from the natural gas. But That's she the good fell news. All the way down, done, gone, boom. That's the bad news. That is the bad news. But she's like, go help Jersey, because I'm secretly like, you know, I don't Jersey's know. Jersey's alive? Oh, yeah. He's trapped down there. He's, he's alive? No. He, it's not explained. There's a full recovery, and we don't see it on screen, and it's unexplained. Now, she thinks she's safe and she's just got to wait, but here comes Zombie Poodle. I thought you were dead. Oh, oh this is a surprise. Like in the Terminator, when the Terminator pops out, the zombie poodle shows up. Now, she just smushed her way right. through the roof, back down into the catechism, just to get away. Now, if Jersey could fall down the staircase in the beginning of the movie, Psychic would go to the floor. She went all the way down that big, tall ladder, and she was like, oh, that really smarts. And then she forced her way. You just found the pipe bombs in the evidence room. That's not the right word. The uh, when everyone dies, their possessions are stored there that were on them, including pipe bombs. Oh, they're almost getting out, Carl. This is the end of the mirror. That's it. Once you walk through the door, the credits roll. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's really true. You're right, Mike. It's like when you play a video game and somehow you get to the end, but you didn't like solve half of it. So there's like a big ad. Right. You just can't proceed until you do something else. Okay, she's putting the pipe down to, pipe to blow the door so she can get out of there. She'll light it, but who should show up? Poodle! Poodle. Just as she, you know, the thing's fusing to blow up. That's so frustrating. I mean, you find a pipe bomb in the in the deceased inventory, and then suddenly a poodle. What's that mean? Ah, poodle! It's the inventory, and it's so frustrating. Why is the so weird? I mean, it's it's not creepy anymore. It's a great film. 
It's a comedy too. It Just is a comedy. Like I intended. We <laughs> <laughs> are all laughing. Just like I intended. It was a comedy all along. <laughs> oh no, Fetch. Oh. Bam. So they escaped the living dead mortuary because a poodle mistaken an explosive for a bone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a comedy. Now that you put it that way. <laughs> They're back outside. Oh, that means only one thing. Long natural nightmare is almost over. No, not yet. Oh, they did they really walk through the explosives? Like now, the, the what smoke? did they resolve exactly? Right? Nothing. There was Nothing some sort of curse on a family and they made undead. And I guess they killed all of the undead, so that's it. They're done, I guess. No, no I more can't. running. No more running. No more. No more psychic king. You don't have to psychic anymore. I think the oh, they, gospel dropped. Oh, look, they showed up. They were outside already. No, they must have come. Yeah, they them. were outside already. And we were with our hero for her final trial and tribulation. Final now escape from the depths of hell. There's hugs all around, and we were supposed to see a wedding. There's no connection to the hugs. You're right, that corpse body. So weird. Well, I'm, I, I kind of like that, her early premonition. <laughs> hey, a lucky rabbit's foot, am I right? Oh, come on, put that away. Like, <laughs> uh, I guess it was lucky I had my keys today. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that luck. I wouldn't be able to drive here because I wouldn't have my keys. And uh, so most shows like end with them laughing. Yeah, but this ends with relief. They're hugging relief. Yay! Uh, what a piece of crap. Carl, what do you think of this piece of crap? I think that you just contradicted anything I said, and you had no idea if it was good or bad. You should trust, trust the man who watched it three times. If that's all you have to say, this was a piece of shit. Oh, and uh, Floof Plums were played by Benny. Mm -hmm. Dog was forced to go through the motions. So let's watch some puppetry uh, credits. Anything exciting? Uh, uh, good question. All right. Well, there's a second second assistant director. <laughs> oh, Brian, where's my coffee? <laughs> Listen, I'm tired of shooting the exteriors. Oh, Brian, take over. Yes, sir. It says location casting, so they got their big guns. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they had the location. There we go. Backwoods film effects. Yeah, backwoods. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Of course, James helped with the, you know, the director helped with yeah, the Yeah, the director makeup. helped with the makeup. Of yeah, course. maybe. He's, yeah. he's great at that. Yeah, the makeup was storyline acting and the movie wasn't necessarily. <laughs> Claire's wardrobe. Wardrobe assistant of Claire Alexander. Oh, the uh, boom operator. He did those pipe bombs. Oh, really? Yeah, because there was boom. He was the boom operator. Come he on, operated. Boom, boom operator. Coast to coast, LA to Chicago. Ooh. Operator, no need to ask. Do we have sound on this film? No need to ask. I got the boom operator. Oh, really? Can you bring him in, please? 
Uh, I want to see the puppet talent music. I think we're done. We're wrapping up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Boneyard. Yeah. Some interesting characters, but uh, some interesting casting. There's a song called Braveheart playing. Why don't you listen? It's horrible. You should listen. Yes, yes. There we I need someone who knows. Statesville Chamber of Commerce. Yell Davis on Yeah, the old. Well, I mean, that could be the name of it. Uh, that's probably where they did all the, were in the morgue shop. I mean, it must be, of course. Right. Oh, my God. This movie is a boondoggle. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, if you like grotesque comedy... If you're into horror and, you know, you'll probably like this. Thanks, George Martin of Beatles fame. Well, right, yeah, the fifth Beatle is to blame on this. Why wasn't he doing the sound mixing? That seems like a much better fit. All right, and uh, I think we're almost there. We've got the, the, the brave hearts going. Boom operator. I think that should be on the song during the wedding, but what do I know? They, they shot should, it. You know what they should do is that after the end credits, they should have a scene of the wedding, like them getting, you know, breaking glass and walking down the aisle to the Jewish oh, wedding. Good. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been 1991's The Boneyard. Let's give it up for Carl for watching that movie three times uh, before watching it again. Yeah, this was four. I kind of didn't count it this time because, I don't know, it was muted and you were disputing me the whole time. Oh, I was saying how great and, you know, give the guy a break, Carl. It's not like you just <laughs> watched this movie three times. So we're seeing exposition now about why she doesn't want to help as a psychic anymore. And it's really drag assy and long. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I guess she's just letting the actors do what they do, right? It's, isn't it developing yeah, it's character? Setting, it's setting, yes, yeah, developing character. The movie you haven't seen. Yes, Michael. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I hate this movie. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new movie. It'll be uh, next week. We'll get as we hear every week. We want you to uh, enjoy the, if you enjoyed the experience of streaming this live and, and watching a movie live. Come back next uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. If you uh, take your time like I do, listen to the podcast. I'm the only listener. Go ahead and download. Go to our podcast at lwaflmoyt check out subscribe to our youtube channel and just uh be supportive uh love each other and uh keep it cool i guess uh carl anything do love each other keep it cool and something's wrong with carlsucks.com go to carl.suck carl.suck much better no one's fucking with that domain bingo yeah all right sounds great well uh we will talk to you soon
on a lark and peeing in the park. You can follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Six o'clock, everybody. It's Monday night. It's time for the joke workshop here on Monday, every six to eight p.m. or whenever. Uh, hi, I'm your host Pam Benjamin, and we are going to have a bunch of great comics tonight. Um, if you have burning comments, then we can give comments. If you don't, let's you know, we'll just move it along. And your first comedian of the night uh, wanted to run their new opening, so put your hands together for Pam Benjamin. Yay! I I'm so excited to be here tonight with you guys. This is really great. Hi, welcome. Hi, come on in. Uh, my name is Pam. We're going to strap in. We're going to learn a lot of things tonight. Yeah, we're going to learn about feminism. We're going to learn about drugs. Yeah, we're going to learn about abortions, friends. It's going to be a magical, magical journey. So I invite you all to look under your seats and take the mushroom cap underneath there and made you look. Yeah, you love drugs, I can tell. Woo! What's your favorite drug? Comedy? Comedy's not a drug. Boo! Oh my god, the endorphins. I guess when you're as old as you are, you need endorphins from anywhere. So it's like, just keep me alive. Laughing. If I'm laughing, I'm breathing and I'm still alive. That's a good drug. Oxygen, oxygen. That might be the best drug for you at this point. Any other favorite drugs out there? Alcohol is a drug. I learned that after my DUI and going to a bunch of classes. Indeed, alcohol is a drug, a legal drug. But uh, I'm a responsible drinker. Uh, that's why I decided to never have children. Yay. I love drugs. I never want to have kids. Hooray. My favorite drug's actually called midazolam. None of you love drugs enough. Midazolam is a benzodiazepine. It's a short-lived, fast-acting benzodiazepine. It's like a super Valium. It's like lorazepam or diazepam. Doctors actually call them the two-pam family. Give them two-pam. I love benzos. Woo! I do. I love benzos so much. I love them so much. Usually, they give you midazolam when you get an abortion. That's when you usually get that five-minute, happy, great feeling. Oh, and I only have one regret about my second abortion. So they've given me the midazolam, my feet are up in the stirrups, the doctor's looking very kind-faced between my legs, and he says, Pam, um, this is a five-minute procedure. And some people talk, and some people don't talk. And I said, has anyone ever told jokes? <laughs> For realsies, I told jokes during my second abortion. They did! Oh my God, it was a killer five. It was, woo, it was a bringer show. I left it there. Uh, but the only regret I have about my second abortion is they wouldn't let me take my phone in, so I couldn't tape the set. 
Was it life-changing? Were those the best jokes I've ever told? What jokes did I tell? I can't remember. Do I care? Not really. That's the only regret I have about my second abortion. Cool. That's my new, like, silly little opening thing. Uh, one more thing about drugs. I can tell, I can guess how all of you smoke pot. You have a bong in your trunk. I can tell. Is this true? You have a water pipe in your back pocket. Break it out. You smell like bong water. That's good. I feel like, uh, Ezra, in the back, you, you roll the most perfect expert spliffs. Like, I feel like there's a pencil, there's like a tool that you use to make them tight. 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 That's what I've been trying to do. Keep it tight. Cool. Uh, I, or your next comedian, I know how she smokes pot. She's got a tiny pipe, and she takes little tiny bits of weed, little itty bitty bits, she puts them in, and then she smokes She's super cute and super wonderful, and she smokes a lot of pot. Put your hands together for your first comedian, everybody, Lauren Kraut. I got uh, some new jokes and some new jokes. And uh, do you think cavemen needed eight hours of sleep? And if they did, how did they figure that out? What was eight hours? These are the things that are keeping me up in the middle of the night. I wrote, I wrote this down at 2.13 a.m. Fucking, fucking crazy. Don't ever say to a comedian after, you've, uh, after, they've, done a, uh, after they've done a set, did you have fun? <laughs> don't, don't say that. Don't say... Or how do you think it went? Unless you're already knee-deep in the discussion of how they th thought it went, and you're already asking all these other questions. But if you just see them after a show, or after they've gone up, and you say, did you have fun? That's a dead giveaway that you either did not see the, sh the set, or you thought it was terrible. And either one is a terrible thing, so don't do it. That's just a um, PSA. Um, have you ever noticed that the expression, has it ever happened before, comes in handy more often than not? Has it ever happened before? It's kind of like a diagnostic tool that doctors use when you tell them, uh, my eye is all red. Has it ever happened before? No. All right, that's not it. I just, that came out of me in the middle of the night on Saturday. Um... Somebody said to me, it's not meant to be understood. It's one of those types of experiences. That's all. I don't know. Uh, what else do we have? How we talk is pretty amazing when you think about it. You get an idea, an impulse, a desire to express yourself, to say something to somebody. The words come out of your mouth. It's magic. It's like a thought goes to... to out of your mouth and then it's words and then the great thing is that you understand what I'm saying but the fun part is when you don't understand what I'm saying when miscommunication has happened you misunderstand what I'm saying and I'm talking gibberish and that made me think of what was the first caveman who talked how weird was that and it was, wasn't even real communication because it wasn't it wasn't a common language yet 
it was more pointing and ugh, and like, okay. That's another one that came out at, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, how about some real jokes? How about, <laughs> how about a song? Um, oh, I hate to have an existential crisis. Thank you. When I'm on stage in front of all of you, questioning life's meaning and its purpose, not finding any and letting you all down. Okay. Oh, I hate to have an existential crisis when none of my jokes and I premises work. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Lauren Kraut, everyone, has been thinking a lot about cavemen. Hooray. All right, your next comedian coming up. Put your hands together, everybody, for Spencer Devine. <laughs> were tickets to this open mic one billion dollars ah we're so lucky ah, i'm so excited i'm having a baby ah, no 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 don't take me out i want to see where this goes thematically ah, ah, calm down okay we only have so much time guess what chicken butt all right vibe check complete we can get into the comedy uh, I have a good, so this is a, uh, an impression I wrote today, okay, so, uh, this is my impression of a penguin, okay, and he's doing the song, I Know What Boys Like. And some people might be like, Spencer! That's an impression of a duck doing uh, a song by the way. Oh, but quack, 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 quack. completely different. Get out of here. The government's trying to kill us all, okay? Don't leave the tags on your mattresses. That's how they track you. Throw that out the window. If you see a ladder, walk right under that ladder. It's their fault for putting it there. You know, if I lived with a black cat, though, I'd fucking cross that motherfucker's path all the time. That cat has enough power over my life. I don't need to give it where I go as well. And uh, people might be like, oh, the, the country is run by lizard people. You would notice if there was a lizard person, okay? Just look out, and if you see someone running from the sun to the shade and just freezing, <laughs> you know, doing a weird blinky thing. It's very obvious. If someone has their tail cut off <laughs> and it regrows, lizard person. Uh, who here's a dog person, huh? I mean a fan of dogs and not half dogs. Okay, uh, notice how everyone who, d you know, everyone who responded, great. You're judging the people who didn't respond because that's way more serious of a question now than it used to be. It used to be like, oh, do you like dogs? I like dogs fine. Wonderful. We can go on with our day. Now it's like, do you like dogs? Because they want to know if you're a sociopath and if they can trust you. If you don't like dogs, it's a test. If someone wants to know if you're a cat person, 
is because they're worried about you, okay? If someone wants to know if you're a lizard person, it's because you move from the sun to the shade and you freeze and you eat insects, okay? Any of your friends that have ever told you to eat a cricket, probably a lizard person, okay? Have you ever been sitting at the table with someone and you're like, oh, hey, I've noticed you haven't blinked for a long time. And also, <laughs> your extra layer of skin that you left on the floor of this Sizzlers. But are you a dog person? And they say, oh, I'm not sure. And then you shoot them, because that's a much more serious question than it used to be. And you got to take it seriously. Thank you. I've been Spencer Devine. Take it seriously. It's Spencer Devine, everyone. Why can't Californians have guns? Because they're always triggered. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Your next comedian, a super funny guy. Clap your hands together for Devondre Coleman. <laughs> I think Spencer took one breath. Brave. Uh, make some noise if you have a smartphone. Cool. What's your favorite app on your phone? Twitter. You like talking to people. What's your least favorite app? Montel. You don't have a smartphone. You don't have. What's, what app do you think is the weirdest? You got all normal apps. Reddit, yeah, that's a very Caucasian app. I, I agree with that one. Uh, yeah, I think Uber is the weirdest app. Cause Uber is the only app that requires you to spend intimate alone time with randomly selected strangers. Like, how do they pitch that? Four people in a meeting, like, yo, what if we could give rides to random people, but only you two knew about it? Like, a trafficking app, but it's working now. I got into Uber recently, and... Uh, my Uber driver was playing Beautiful Girl by Sean Kingston. First of all, red flag. This is not a person you want to ask how their night's going. And it only got worse as the drive got longer because he had it on repeat. That means he was playing the song before I got in the car. He'll probably be playing it after I got out. I just stopped and wondered, like, how many times do you need to play this song before you pull over and call her? Yeah, I've been thinking about racism. Any of y'all proudly Caucasian? Cool. It's okay to be Caucasian. You just can't be proud of it right now. Uh, yeah. I was on Tinder earlier, and I saw this lady. Her bio was one sentence, all caps. It said, only looking for all Americans. I don't know if she's looking for somebody that's super patriotic or super athletic. But I've been thinking about racism a lot, like, because one of the homies, he asked me this dumbass question earlier. Does it stop Asian hate? We all agree that we should stop Asian hate, correct? Cool. Colin, you were probably white, and you didn't say correct, so I'm more afraid. I, uh, but I was, I was talking to, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's cool. <laughs> I was talking to one of the homies about the Stop Asian Hate campaign. He was like, what's that for? And I was like, Asian people are being assaulted in the streets in the Bay Area. And he was like, it's just one dude doing that? Like, how stupid do you have to be? Like, he thinks there's somebody who wakes up every morning and is like, it's Asian hate time. But I, I, it did make me think about, like, how racism works. Like, do you think racism is like having a superpower? Like Cyclops, when he opens his eyes, those lasers come on. He can't help it. So, like, do Asians wake up thinking about how much they hate niggas? 
Or is it like being a vegan? It's like they probably don't think about vegetables all day. But if they hear you talking about food, they're going to bring it up. And like, can they be accidentally tolerant? Like if a racist is walking through the Home Depot and they bump into a nigga's cart, if they say, oh, my bad, like, is that against their rules? Cool. Um, what other jokes did I want to work on? I think that's all. Thank you for the time, Pam. Wait, will you stay up there? I have a question. I don't understand the my bad joke at the end. The racism in the my bad. Can you explain it? Oh, to my me? bad is like an apology, like sorry. Right. But but so my bad because they bumped they like they're being tolerant, like they bumped into a black person and they said my bad. And I just need to work on it. Obviously. Well, I know. I'm just curious because is it like is it somehow in your mind like it's like some sort of reparations because they said my bad or is it not enough or is it bad that they said anything or? Yeah, I mean like if they if I was racist, I would never want to apologize to the uh, minority. Oh, so the pre- so I missed the premise that the person in Home Depot is it's exceedingly racist yeah. and they bump and they say my bad and then you're okay 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 now I get it. My racism might just be built different. It's fine. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, dedicated I was just to these that I just wanted to get it and we had time. Everybody clap your hands together for Devondre Coleman. Yay! <laughs> hey, um, I'm excited for your next comedian. Put your hands together, everybody, for Brady Pearson! Happy Monday, everybody. How you doing? Uh, I've been getting older. Been around a long time. I mean, I remember, like, okay, I've outlived AIDS. Monkeypox, COVID, Roe v. Wade. And I keep, I have this question, it's like, and I'm same little trouble because, does anybody remember Leslie Jordan? Leslie, Leslie Jordan. You know who Leslie Jordan is? He passed away today. I'm devastated. And it really makes me think about, is there a God? Right, I'm thinking, I think of another faggot that should die in a car crash, and that would be Lindsey Graham. Does anybody else know who Lindsey Graham is? Okay, so you know who he is. He's like he's like this faggot who had a press conference about women's choice. Do you remember that? He brought out some mechanical people behind him. And the thing that makes me wonder about Leslie fucking uh, not excuse me, about Lindsey fucking Graham is that that man has not seen a vagina since he left one. I can tell you he's never looked back. And you know, I think about like what kind, I mean, who's going to touch this old faggot? Not me, not anyone else. And I think about these, the super hooker that he must have to hire. Now, that, that person has to have, like, nerves of steel. The most paid, the most incredible thing ever. It's like, oh, my God. See, this is why it's a new joke. But I'm getting there. I'd also like to talk about, as we get older, our thirst for nostalgia. And it concerns me. Like, everything old is new again. Right? We have a reboot of everything. Ev- so is any, does anybody remember Harrison Ford? Does anybody remember Star Wars? See him in that? We loved him in that, right? We loved him in Indiana Jones. And we keep bringing him back. Did anyone see him in 2049? Did anyone see the most recent one, 2049? Did you know that he broke a wrist filming that and they had to shut production down? And did you also know that when he filmed, I believe it was Star Wars, oh my God, I can't believe they made another one, that he broke, I think, a leg or another arm and in between the filming of those two movies he actually crashed a plane twice 
And I'm worried that we keep bringing him back and like if we can Carrie Fisher that shit. If we can drag Carrie Fisher's dead ass through space with Frost. Can't we just save Harrison Ford? Oh, and by the way, and this is also not a joke, unfortunately, or maybe it is, there is going to be um, an Indiana Jones 5. They're going to have to pull that whip from his dead cold hands. And he, I think he actually is. Does anybody know that reference, Charlton Hill? See, that's when you get older, you don't know quite what's going on. Okay. Gosh, you know, I feel so, so warm and in honor of my beloved Leslie Jordan, I'd like to sing a song for a musical that I never wrote called Little Orphan Fame. See you later. Your son will come out tomorrow. That'll be a bottom and he'll swallow all my cum. Be gay and he won't be lonely. Jizz on his chin, he'll grin and say, Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll bottom. Tomorrow, it's only a gay away. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brady. Yay, Brady! I mean, are you going to dress up as little orphan Fanny for Halloween with a little red wig and a little flag and sing your song on every street corner? I think yeah, you should. I Maybe. I, I can help you find a wig. I'm sure you don't have any trouble actually finding a wig, sweet baby. Your next comedian, clap your hands together for Ezra Lux. Woo! I'll get delirious. You hold my hand. Hey, guys. Um, my, uh, my neighbor, Ricky, he's great. Uh, he was telling me about how he met his uh, current girlfriend. He said... Uh, yeah, she's awesome. I met her on this website, blackpeoplemeet.com. And he's old, just you know, in case you know. And uh, I was thinking, like, I'm sure that website's great, but the name is, like, really bad because I keep thinking of a website for, like, racist cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> Why did I write that? Fuck. Um, <laughs> that's the, I like the delayed, like, yeah, that was all right. Um, I, uh, I just graduated from college, which, uh, I know is not real. Yeah, woo. Um, I know college is not real, uh, at least, like, liberal arts college, because my college did not have grades. They did, uh, this thing called narrative evaluations, <laughs> which, if you don't know what that is, it's like, you don't get an A through F, they just, like, kind of write a paragraph about how you improved. And I was thinking, like, that's clearly not a thing that would work in real life, because if you went to, like, a restaurant and you looked in the window for that familiar C- minus on the wall, <laughs> and you didn't see it, and it was just this giant paragraph of like, well, so at the beginning of the year, four people died of food poisoning, but recently, things have really improved. <laughs> that would not work. <laughs> or like, you're at the DMV, you're like, well, at the beginning of your driving exam, you ran someone over, but you didn't at the end, so I say that that's improvement. <laughs> um... Uh, I'm a big fan of the video game Street Fighter 2, but it is, uh, I think, not very realistic to all the street fights that I've witnessed. Um, if that game was more realistic, it would be like press A to say, you want to go outside, and then press B to retreat from the situation. 
And then, like, every round would just end with the police showing up and you trying to blame, like, M. Bison for starting it. <laughs> um, the only thing that is realistic, though, is, like, there's that character in that game, Zangief, who really is accurately, like, that's all the guys that are really good at fighting do look like that guy. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I have very low self-esteem. Um, yeah, woo. Um... <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why this is good. Um, I was waiting in line yesterday at Walgreens and this guy was trying to return an opened box of Magnum condoms. <laughs> so, you know, it's good to have low self-esteem in that case. <laughs> he was like going up to the uh, cashier and was like very adamant. He was like, these are wrong. That was what he kept saying, which is true technically. I guess he was wrong, therefore the wrong sized penis for him. <laughs> But he was demanding that they let him get his money back for this, like, open box of condoms, which had, like, you know, five left or whatever. And I was like, I aspire to be that cheap. <laughs> I, um, I, am um, a big fan of the show uh, Hoarders and its related show, Cribs. Um, these are really the same show. Hoarders is just the show Cribs. You just have to change your perspective because it is Cribs. Poor rats. Um, I think every episode of <laughs> of Hoarders, there's always like this palatial box of like old newspapers just infested with rats, and you just gotta zoom in. That's like Rat Fifty Cent with his like awesome friends hanging out in his rat mansion. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's weird though, cause it's like you know that's that's the real class difference is if you're like hoarding dumb rich people shit, it's not Hoarders anymore. It's like awesome. It's Cribs. Um, although I did realize one thing from Hoarders is that like you can have an amount of Beanie Babies that will get the government to declare you clinically insane. <laughs> Which, that's cool. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Yay, Ezra! Ezra, please watch the, the amazing animated feature, The Rats of Nim. Please watch that. I know it's way before your time, but it will... In, it will it will help your rat hoarding because they build a whole society out of leftover stuff from humans. It's a movie from the late 70s, early 80s by Don Bluth. It's called The Rats of Nim. It's based off Mrs. Frisbee and The Rats of Nim. No one knows how to read anymore. Your next comedian. Clap your hands together for Jared Senna. What's up, people? How are we doing? Good, good, great, great. I'm in a bad mood. Uh, thank you. Thanks for caring about me. Um, I tried to buy condoms today. They were the wrong size. A little too big. Some may say unrealistic. I tried to uh, get my refund. They said, no, just pick your own size next time. So I threw it at them. Yeah. Um, not having a good day, but on the bright side, I am doing good overall. I actually... Uh, Day job. Thank you. You hate work. Oh, really? What do you do? You're a teacher? Wait, y so you like, you make the books and stuff. Oh. Okay. Just trying to guess. Anyways. So like I was saying, I quit my day job. Uh, it was, it was cool. I was a barista in downtown San Francisco. It was fun. It's just, 
I dealt with a fuck ton of crackheads. Um, um, I used to deal with them a lot. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're nice people, they're misunderstood. It's just, it gets a little tiring trying to remind people several times a week that a coffee shop is not the place to be jerking off. He writes the McGraw-Hill books, everybody. <laughs> this is her. This is her. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to get that one to work, but I guess not. You guys ever, like, walk around downtown SF high as fuck? Feels like a video game, especially when you encounter crackheads. Feel like you're dealing with NPCs. You know? I don't have a punchline for that. That's just a funny observation I had. Sorry, Spencer. Sorry, sorry. Good. Okay, I may look like a big loser now, but you guys won't believe it, but I was popular in high school at one point. Thank you. Thank you, Kavita. Um, yeah, uh, I was known by everybody. Uh, back then, I was known as that one kid that got hit by a car. Yeah, uh, I was on my way to smoke weed with my friend at a local park, and I got hit as I was skateboarding across the street. You know, it's funny. My grandma always told me that smoking weed would put me in the hospital. I didn't think she meant it would involve a fucking Kia. Uh, you know, um, it was really hard to walk because I was in a full body cast and in a wheelchair, but it was really easy for me to find a homecoming date. I just went up to the hottest girl I knew and just guilt tripped the shit out of her. At first it didn't work, but then uh, eventually she gave in when I told her that I dropped the charges I filed for hitting me in the first place. Alright, that, that was a lukewarm performance. Give it up for me like I just killed everybody. Yeah! yeah! Give it up for Pam! Yay! Stay up there for a second. I have two tags for you. Wait, wait, wait. Stay up there. I have two tags for you. I have two tags for you. One, here's one tag. So you say you say that they shouldn't jack off. It's not the place to be jacking off. You have the opportunity to say where they should jack off. So you can choose, like, in that rich guy's car over there, or you can do crowd work. You can say, hey, where do you think they should jack off? But after you say, I have to tell them that a coffee shop isn't the place to be jacking off, you should be doing it in my mom's house or whatever. I mean, there's a tag... <laughs> yeah, there's exactly right. There's a so think of that. Think of something after that. Tell them where they should jack off. That's the ending to that joke, right? Or what's a, and then here's the other one. This is just a, this is just a gift. You get hit by the car. Um, just throw blunt force trauma in there because it has to deal with weed and you're getting hit. Oh, that's clever. Blunt force trauma, uh, like uh, you uh. got because you were going to cross the street to go smoke weed. You got hit by the car, and then there was blunt force trauma. I think there's a tag there. There's a that's brilliant. Pam, in the middle, thank you. you're welcome. Uh, everybody clap your hands together for Jared Zenoff. Hey, moving right along. Okay, you're a nice comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Denise Lee. Yay! Pretty stressed out. I have to go do comedy at a strip club after this. I don't think this is the proper dress code. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, so so I'm really bad at making small talk at parties. Like I really wanna, you know, connect with people, but I think I don't know how to ease into it. Like I went to a party and I asked someone if they were going home for the holidays and they were like, No, I always stay here and I was like, Oh, you must have a lot of child